I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. This is the second part of a two-part series, a COVID-19 update. According to the Chief Medical Officer for DHR Health, Dr. Robert Martinez, DHR is the regional hub for cutting-edge medical technology, monoclonal antibodies. Monoclonal antibodies are two things. It's really pretty miraculous. It's like they're giving you a completely new immune system. In part two of this COVID-19 update, Steve Taylor spoke to the Chief Medical Officer for DHR Health, Dr. Robert Martinez, and also the Director of Public Relations for DHR Health, Marcy Martinez. What percentage of the COVID cases that you're you're getting in, patients that did not get the vaccine, did not take the vaccine? So overwhelmingly about 95%, 90 to 95% of patients that are admitted with severe enough symptoms were unvaccinated. It's a very small number of patients that are admitted and even put in the ICU that were vaccinated. There's some breakthrough cases, but those are usually very minor, don't require hospitalization. And if they do, it's because they had some other issue, chronic lung disease, this or that. But generally, they do okay. I've not had any vaccinated deaths that I'm aware of in the hospital so far um, directly related to recovered infection. And it's like I said, it's pretty close to 95%. And those that recover from this, that did not take the vaccine, they had the opportunity, didn't take it, then they got COVID, they came in here, but they survived. Um, do they tell you afterwards how they wished they'd taken the vaccine, they wished they listened to the doctors? Pretty much all of the ones that I've had a chance to interact with and yeah. or know of, yes. Yeah. Almost all of them. Um, even some of the ones that, that pass away on the way out. Um, yeah. you know, regret some of those decisions for whatever it may be. And we're not here to judge. We're just here to educate and treat if they want to. But I think um, it's a feeling of guilt, some instances because of their family. And I've, we've admitted several entire families uh, here or have seen several admitted families um, or affected families in the last couple of weeks, five, six, seven people. The one that was safe was the grandma, <laughs> the only one that got vaccinated. But all the kids from two to you know, 60. Um, two weeks admitted. old. Huh? Two weeks old. Yeah, we have two weeks old. I think they're still in the house. They were here last week. The mom had, had just had a baby and the whole family got sick. They went to a party. Yeah, and I think even... Unvaccinated, uh, all of them. And uh, we've had a couple of, you know, track mother, father. And when that, when you when you have situations like that, it just you just have to... You think we've got to redouble our me- message of telling everybody that... Yeah. We, I just saw the the video that Marcy yeah. did with Dr. Cardenas, how passionate he is. Yeah. It's, you know, they're not wearing the mask and they're not getting the vaccine. It's, uh, it, it's yeah, it's difficult. It, and it's very difficult not to transmit that anger to the patient, which is important. Um, but it's, oh. I, I always try to frame it in, you know, listen, if you don't care about your care for your family members, that you're, you're, you're going to kill, potentially. Um, it's just, I... So people, people would kill, were killing, I'm sure, and they were definitely buying this vaccine um, for thousands of dollars. We, you, just, you know, they would do anything for this. Um, and now it's just sitting around here um, because of misinformation. It's just a travesty. Um, and I've said it from the beginning, ship it to another country where they'll take it. Um, you know, I, the last thing we want is to waste this stuff. 
Mm -hmm. We were so lucky enough to have, you know, the administration did whatever they did. I'm not a Trump fan, but they did incredible work, him and his team, to get this stuff done. I mean, it's amazing. Nobody, that's a feat that will be looked at forever. Um, mm -hmm. And then to just not use it. I mean, there's no excuse. It's being given free. DHR, again, at, the, at our own cost, has always been willing to stay open have people ready, manning, to educate, treat. Saturdays, Sundays, uh, I mean, they're still doing it. They're still doing it because of the importance that we've made a big dent, probably close to 250,000 uh, vaccines given, um, but we should be way more ahead um, as a region. I'm a little disappointed. And for those that um, have not taken the vaccine because they say it's a personal liberty mm. situation, those, peop those people, when they were much younger, when they were kids, they had mumps and measles and all those vaccines. It's, it's like a different culture now. Right. It's like all the, that's what I, you know, as we do things around here, I always remind everybody, listen, we're not reinventing the wheel. Somebody's making a mess out of something that shouldn't be. Even the COVID vaccine, making it mandatory. What I said, well, we've already done that with, with, with the flu and everything else. So why are we pretending like this is somebody who wants to make a fight out of nothing? Um, the flu vaccine, just use the same policy, use the same procedures. It's the same message, except this time, this vaccine is way more effective. It's way more life-saving. We know, we have studies. I mean, it, there's never been a better reason to get a vaccine. That, that you know, uh, it's just, it's incredible the the... I guess people just have an urge to fight or be ignorant. I, I don't know what it is. It's very aggravating, but it, I try hard not to transmit any of that to a patient that hasn't taken it, but rather sit back, educate, and I almost um, make them feel guilty about family members. That's really, I think, the, the only mm -hmm. way sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's not about liberty and personal choice or any of that other stuff. It's about doing the right thing when you have the tools to do it. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you know, when you get sick, don't come to the hospital. Don't waste space for somebody that, that at least tried to do the right thing for the community. You know, you can't say that, but, but it's, um, mm -hmm. I know that's what a lot of people are thinking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just think of the cost. Just think of the cost. Um, In so many levels. Cost of producing the vaccine, the cost of society. The cost, the cost of not, the cost of people having a tool to make them well and avoid hospitalization and death and blah, 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 and not taking it, and then the burden, it's just a gazillions of dollars. It's just a shame. It's just a shame. It's, it's uh, hard for me to see the motivation in, in you know, promoting that stance. Mm -hmm. So recently, County Judge uh, Cortez and, and Dr. Melendez had a, a webinar and they, this is the question about the shortage of staff again, and they were saying one of the problems is a lot of the staff, a lot of the nurses have left the valley because they can earn more. They're in great demand across the country, where, and, and in other parts of the country, the income levels are higher. Do you feel that you, you've suffered from that? I wouldn't say that there's a particular region that I'm losing nurses to that I, there's higher pay. Like, you know, my nurses aren't leaving to go to Highland Park because the wages there are 10 times what mine are. They're leaving for an opportunity which offers them, you know, a higher wage at the time. But uh, it's, it's, we know two things. It's short-lived. It has its drawbacks. You have to be away from your family. 
uh, as well, and there, there's risk in you traveling or whatever else. And so that, you know, there is some benefit, but there's definitely a lot of risk and downside um, there. And so I, we're losing nurses to those opportunities, but we've also seen nurses that regret making that choice or realize that's not what they want to do and they want to come back. Um, or, or the bigger portion is they just, they're tired, they're burned out, and they're taking a rest and doing something else. Um, I think that percentage that I'm talking about that have tired, left the workforce for a little bit for now, who knows for how long, um, is the big X factor that nobody thought about would be this significant. I think we thought, you know, 10, 15% or something, but I, I think it's way higher than that. Um, and certain, several disciplines, including physicians, but. But I think um, in nursing in particular, I think it's way bigger than we thought. And now the governor is, is asking nurses from other parts of the country to come into Texas yeah. to help. It, you know, our win is somebody else's loss. It just depends on time, and it, that's also temporary. I'd love to say they would all love South Texas and want to stay here. We we have we do have some nurses that love it here. They moved in here. There are a couple of them are having kids now, like new babies coming and everything, COVID babies. But um, you know, it does it's not common. Uh, but there are some that fall in love with the area. There's a lot to sell here, but but getting them here is the issue. Um, and and then once this thing subsides, those rates will go away so they there better be another reason they want to stay here uh or that they're attracted to because the you know three or four or five times what they're normally getting paid um is not sustainable anywhere anywhere so um, that's going to be the other big thing to figure out uh, that we're going to need help with on a i i believe on a state and federal level um some kind of i hate to call it a cap but but reasonableness to to what these nurses are doing uh, getting offered, and I, I listen. I they work as hard as anybody should. There's no doubt. But let's, you know, I, I think we could all agree that these things are blown out of proportion and, and unfortunate right now. The way it is, it's creating other problems. Um, and I'm glad they're finally getting paid and appreciated and whatever else. But I think it's just more of a, it's a money grab for several groups of people, or you know. Um, but it's creating a very big long-term issue. Mm -hmm. For everybody, not just us. Are there any unique circumstances about the profile of, of residents in the Valley that makes your job harder as it relates to COVID, the unique health characteristics yeah. of the region? Yeah, big families. Big families in, in, in households that live together. Um, you know, the Valley is, is, and it's usually a good thing, I would say, that people live in a household. You have grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, kids, grandkids, and... Uh, now all that is is a giant source of infection for me and you can pretty much bet that if one gets it the rest are going to get it um, very different than up north where they may not have that issue and um, you know so I, my transmission rate amongst fam entire families is significantly higher i think than a lot of other folks um, uh, in the country for that particular reason people live in the same house uh, family and uh, that's what's usually a great thing um, i think um, and very um, culturally acceptable here, it really turned out to be a big problem for a lot of folks because not realizing it, they, it's just very transmissible. Mm -hmm. And so you end up getting everybody sick and whoever's not well there um, is gonna pay the price, unfortunately. 
and also going back to the county judges webinar the other day, he said that uh, we cannot blame this surge in COVID cases, um, the Delta variant, on the migrants that are crossing oh, yeah. the river. What is your experience here at the hospital? Uh, not really anything. Literally almost zero um, that I can recount. I, I, I said, I think on Friday, I couldn't even tell you because we don't draw that distinction, number one. Mm -hmm. um, the only time it's come up to my attention in the last couple of months is actually when we were involved in um, what was described as um, a smuggle attempt north of here with the rollover that accident that happened a couple of weeks ago we ended up being a bunch of undocumented migrants I believe um, and so that's the only reason it would ever come I would even be knowledgeable about that um, or so we got like eight of the trauma victims unfortunately for that but because um, you don't ask the questions we just take them we just take them but it's just really never been an issue for us um, to where we'd start saying man you know we're starting to see a lot of you know this particular group of people come in with these particular problems it's not it's not I mean it's probably on the order of less than five percent uh, max max they've, they've not been an issue that's mm -hmm. pretty much what I, I would say mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay so those are probably the, all the questions I had is there anything else I've missed that you would um, messages you want to get out there no I think I think I think that pretty much sums it up I mean I think it's important for people to get their information from good newsworthy sources not social media jokers um, I think that's important you said jokers <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean it's pretty it's pretty bad I mean they, they I think to some extent they ought to, should be held accountable mm -hmm. I mean deliberate information I know that's a fine line but but I mean they need to find information from credible sources and they need to learn to, to ask questions and educate themselves I think there's a lot of personal responsibility with this disease is more important than ever um, to, to try to blame it on this person or that person or freedom issues or you know man um, that's just pretty weak everybody has a responsibility well to the vaccines been in, impregnated with a chip so the government Man, I have heard you. I have heard all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Um, if my mom couldn't get a chip in me, y'all are getting a chip in me. Yeah. She wants me to do the Life 360 on the phone, and I'm like, no. You think I'd let a chip go in my arm? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's just, you know, those things are just preposterous for, the you know, um, you've you got studies over and over and over again showing miraculous results. Um, I mean, the proof is in the pudding now, even, even more so with who's coming in sick and who's not. Uh, and die. Unfortunately. And that's the thing. Uh, the, uh, one thing I see, and not to interrupt, but it's what I do, right? Is that a lot of people? Their their new thing is that the vaccines are killing more people. When have we seen a patient <laughs> die here from their vac COVID vaccination? We, we had don't one. Have it. We had one or two people early on, you know, vasovagal or something, and they kind of, you know, they were sick or the sugar dropped or whatever. But you know, we had paramedics on site. We. We haven't had it, to be honest with you, I haven't had any significant out of the 250,000 vaccines that we've given. Nothing. No real anything. Mm -hmm. I haven't really even heard of a little bit of redness. I, I'm probably one that reported the most symptoms. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I reported, you know, pretty good muscle aches and headaches and a little bit of sick. chill. The second shot that I got for 12 hours, my whole group, Dr. Singh, myself, I got sick for 12 um, hours. we reported that, but that's. You know, I don't even hear that. But anymore. not hospitalized, yeah. and then for them to say the vaccines are killing people, come on. 
And so it's that's uh, irresponsible mm -hmm, to say those things. So you've administered two hundred fifty thousand vaccines. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have venture to guess that that's the highest south of San Antonio. Yeah. And they've come from Mexico, they fly over, and since the start he said if they want it, it's a human and they want the shot and they're of age, they're going to get the shot. And that's, I think, we're yeah. probably the only ones that did that. In yeah, actually, I got a lot of heat early on. Texas Tribune put out something. Um, I got a lot of calls. I got a lot of calls. Um, about, that was because the senator had come. Yeah, about giving vaccine to people that didn't fit the criteria. And I'm I like, said, he's 70-something. Yeah, and I said, listen, <laughs> I've, I've been through the, we went through the checklist. This is Pfizer. It's got a date, shelf life, like it dies. It requires extra cold. If somebody wants it and it's sitting there wasting, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it to somebody. Mm -hmm. The first day, and they got wind of that, and they were saying that we were giving it to people that didn't really need it or require it. Well, what am I supposed to do? If I put out the call, educated everybody, gave it to who everybody showed up, I can't keep it around. Mm -hmm. It's going to waste. And so come on over. If you, uh, we'll give it to whoever is here. And I can give it to you. And we gave, we did, we had no wastage, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm particularly proud of with the team. What's the furthest point someone's flown in from that you? Well, not flown, but I know for sure people traveled from Canada in their yeah. RV mm -hmm. to get in the beginning to get theirs here, and they stayed for a month in their RV for their second shot, and they came in December, January, whenever an elderly couple. Well, they went to Texans? They no. The well, they do, they do live here sometimes, yeah. but at that time they weren't staying here. No. They just came down for the vaccine. Wow. Their daughter actually works at McAllen Medical. And so she has, she's yeah. like, come, if y'all can come, come get it done. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's a lot of places even around the state people couldn't get vaccine or other states, but they literally drove here. Um, and then we were driving... If we had uh, leftover like Moderna, yep. because people want, we started with the Pfizer, we were driving it up to the small rural mm -hmm. counties or cities to give it to them to give out to their residents. Cause I yeah, I very, I very early on um, coordinated an effort with Stark County before they were getting any vaccine at all. And I gave them a, probably a little, maybe 15% of my allocation every week. Um, and they're, they're, you know, and they used it all. Um, and, but I had committed to that, and uh, they're over 90%. They have some of the highest percentages in the country. I was going to say, they've got from, they're yeah. so pleased with the yeah. response. Uh -huh. the we did a lot of stuff well, behind we, the scenes. DHR, yeah. I, I gave it to them yeah. out of our allocation. Yeah. Um, it, it's important. They had a lot of sick patients, and they weren't getting responses from the people they needed to get responses from, and that's just not right. There was a lot of people west of there. Um, and a lot of sick people. They, they didn't have the resources to be able to deal. We also helped with resources with ICU doctors and hospitalists and everything. But, but um, I'm very glad that it worked out. They were able to get to very, very high percentages. They beat my expectation, no doubt. But that, that helped them quite a yeah, bit. They're very proud of, of uh, their outreach into the community and the yeah. response of mm -hmm, the residents. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah. they did very good, very good. But we were, you know, just really proud and now too just to be that because we're a state hub mm -hmm. to be that leader and we weren't you know tooting our own horn it was for the community but like doc said people didn't know we didn't put out press releases saying oh the vaccine they're giving out in stark county that's ours you know we gave it to them or we, we did a lot we did a lot of stuff with other communities that set up uh prisons far mm -hmm. they did all they went into all the nursing homes mm -hmm. and had emts and firefighters do that and that was, those were our vaccines. We but, you know, it was just about, like, get it out there.
to whoever wants it. If we, they can't come to us, then if you guys can go out and do it, because we need our personnel here, then here it is, go take it. Yeah, so we're we, really proud that we were able to do that. And we, we promised the governor and his people and Dr. And Nim Kidd, listen, if you get us this allocation to be a hub, we will distribute it. We're gonna give the vast majority here and hold arena events every month. Mm -hmm. um, but we will make sure that it gets into other communities that are not going to get it. Elsa, Far, Rio Grande City, Sullivan City, and we, we were able to do that um, quietly, but we did it. And um, Lyford, uh, Laferia, mm -hmm. Port Isabel, um, we went everywhere, even if it was another county. Um, so the state must be very pleased with you. Hopefully, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. That first weekend they were not. I got written up pretty good. I got <laughs> governor asking questions. Um, but you know, so. after the fact, they came back and yeah, said, okay, everybody. he's right. And they put it out to everyone. If the next person in line wants Listen, it in I, their arm, give it to them. If that other person doesn't want it, yeah, that, yeah. that next week they came out with that statement and they did exactly what we were doing. Mm -hmm. like I, knew they, I mean, so it just, it, I shouldn't, I think I was inappropriately criticized. Mm -hmm. um, I knew what I was doing was perfectly right. Uh, but we'll worry about that after the fact, mm -hmm. right? I just don't want to waste a single vaccine, and we did. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, even my board was yelling at me. I'm like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You know? <laughs> um, and the team worked really hard, really hard. Our pharmacy, and they're still doing it. Um, we, we pulled off a couple of big events at the arena as well, which were which were no, noteworthy. Eight thousand in one day for, at the arena. Noteworthy. Mm -hmm. um, and and now, like I said, we're 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 going to become a monoclonal antibody regional um, hub as well, infusion center as well. So that'll be very helpful because and that should open Wednesday. I need to call Dr. Rao to mm -hmm. the 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 facility's already there. They're just going to expand it, right? Yeah, yeah. Open and it up, expand it, and we're already giving. But really, to be honest with you. We didn't have the staff. We were bringing a lot of those patients into the emergency room, getting them infused and then sent home. But our emergency room is so overwhelmed, that's not a place for those kinds of patients to be sent home. You're admitted and you need it, fine, but not inpatient, outpatient. So we're setting up other areas, but we were short of staff to be able to do that. Um, but it, it's been working. It's been, been able to make a dent in, in uh, hospitalizations, no doubt. So with the, with the addition of some people from the state, hopefully we've convinced them that, uh, that we're going to get aggressive about doing that, and so they, they're going to help us open this regional um, area. Uh, why why would you say that's important? Well, the more the more infusions we can get into people, the, the more likely that we are to decrease the bed utilization and the ICU utilization. There's a lot. Because the FDA has recommended that those anti monoclonal antibodies be given to people that are not sick enough to hospitalize, but could go that way. So it's kind of an early intervention. and you're able to keep out. Even if it's two or three per 10, um, that's still a lot. And so it's worked. It's worked, like I said, I probably avoid eight to 12 admissions a day. So with more people coming from more places here, that should help the overall hospitalization rates in the valley long-term. So that those beds are available for those that are really ill requiring. Some people that could recover from this at home. Um, and so that's why that's important. I don't think people understand the the miracle that this infusion is because my uncle got it done at the Harlingen one and people just don't really go. They don't go yeah. down over there. And he said it was like getting like, I think it's, a, is it a couple of hours that you sit there? Yeah, yeah. You sit there and you're a new but it literally, and he was healed. That's what people don't yeah. understand about it. Monoclonal antibodies are two things. They're, it's really pretty miraculous. It's like they're giving you a completely new immune system 
in, injection, right? Um, and it's expensive. It's expensive. It's not something that's normally given under any circumstance. And so to be able to have it be made, somebody's paid for it. So there's an indication, but it really is. This this is unprecedented to be able to give something like this um, so regularly just mm -hmm. to keep people out of the hospital. But it's, it's an opportunity. It's a great opportunity. But it's it's world class, no doubt. Treatment uh, monoclonal. They're like gold. Mm -hmm. They're like gold. And the government's doing this to to keep the hospitalizations down. Yeah. It's just generally been very expensive. But for I just don't, and I also don't think people. You say you can call to see if you're eligible for it. They just don't make that effort, so they stay yeah. at home and they're sick for two weeks and don't know they can come yeah. in and in two hours their whole it life. It literally is, is yeah. just a gigantic immune mm -hmm. boost, like a real immune boost, mm -hmm. a real way. Um, it's pretty. That, that's miraculous stuff. Mm -hmm. With monoclonal antibodies, it's uh, it's gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and some of these things are moving targets about because we're doing some studies. Uh, then the, the FDA is clearing some stuff, and there's some new drugs coming out, and then they're changing the indications to the ones we already had. Or they'll say, we used to give it to this subset of people, but now the new studies are showing that if this subset of people gets it, then they would also. So it's changing all the time. Mm -hmm. But we've been giving that the indication is in, indications are increasing, plus we're going to be able to, to infuse more to more people with the with hopefully some of the state resources that they're going to send as a regional hub. That's another thing yeah. that people don't realize. I think they'll look back in retrospect and see how um, that's probably one of the bigger effects we're going to see down the road besides the vaccines that we gave is uh, the research that's being conducted right now on this stuff is it's the tip of the spear research-wise. You've been listening to part two of a COVID-19 update. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service.